Sometimes life can feel like one big project, constantly trying to put the pieces together. What if I told you it's okay to be a mess? Life is a journey and we must transform ourselves into who we want to become. We start by knowing who we are and with the relentless pursuits of our passion and purpose. How did I do it? With a lot of help from my friends. And we'll talk about all of that right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Sometimes on this life's journey, tests keep coming our way. We don't exactly know why they come or when they're going to come or how they're going to show up. All we know is that they keep coming. We have two choices. We either rise to the occasion or we fold and let life happen to us instead of living our life. The tests we face in life's journey are not to reveal our weaknesses, but to help us discover our inner strengths. We can only know how strong we are when we strive and thrive beyond challenges we face. Kimmy Sungu Lee said this. Today on The Beautiful Butterfly Project, we will talk with author, actress, and coach Sheila Bailey on how she overcame her life's obstacles and flourished to become a domestic violence spokesman as well as an overcomer. We'll learn everything that she has to share in her infinite wisdom today here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Sheila Bailey, better known as Sheila B, is a passionate humanitarian, charismatic author, mother of two, and Gigi to one special little grand love. She is a native Georgian, a country girl that is purposed in Atlanta's hidden talent that can just make people pay attention. Sheila garnered great critical acclaim in her audience response with her touching autobiographical trilogy, Willow Silent Cries. Her book provides an earnest, touching account of her life, her testimony as a domestic violence and sexual assault survivor. Her story, words, and feelings resonate with many readers who can truly connect with her situation. As a local celebrity, Sheila's book, Willow Silent Cries, was the first literary piece to be inducted into the Buford Museum as well as the Gwinnett County Museum. As a survivor of domestic violence and sexual assault, Sheena turned those experiences into motivation to begin her nonprofit work at No Longer the Face Foundation. Her walk to this passion was realized after presenting her story for the first time in front of survivors in 2013. She was so moved by how her story inspired others that immediately she knew that she had to do something. As a result, No Longer the Face Foundation was born in 2014. This extraordinary organization brings awareness to domestic violence and assists women with rebuilding their lives after abuse. Sheila's mission is to help as many women as she can and to also help them realize their ability to stand upright for themselves as well as truly embrace their lives as queens. Sheila has been featured in many places. She's just an extraordinary human being. She has been featured in the Gwinnett Citizen Magazine, Voyage ATL Magazine, Buford Illustrated, 
and the AJC Living Northside magazine, just to name a few. Sheila is a woman that is an inspirational role model fueled by passion and her inner strength to be the change and the empowerment that women need to see. The Beautiful Butterfly Project welcomes Sheila Bailey, author, actress, and my friend to the show. Well, welcome, Ms. Bailey. How are you today? Absolutely wonderful, Miss Butterfly, Flutter Flutter. Flutter Flutter. <laughs> <laughs> and to be totally transparent with our audience today, I must say that I know you personally. We are friends. We uh, met a little while ago. Um, how long has it been now? Um, has it been has it been five, six years now? It's been almost close to seven now. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, <laughs> I was even wow. behind on that. That is such a long time ago. And I know I just read this biography on you, but I always like to have the audience just hear a little bit more about the guest from the guest themselves. So tell us a little bit about you, Ms. Sheila. Well, you said most of it. I am from Georgia. I'm originally from Georgia, Beaufort, Georgia. And of course, you mentioned that I'm a mother, first and foremost, love my children. And I'm also a Gigi. I have to give a little shout out to my little, oh my God, I love her so much. <laughs> She's um, sweet. Yeah. Oh, she is. She is my absolute treasure. I understand now what parents mean when they say, you know, you've never been loved till you've been loved by your grandchildren. Yeah. So absolutely correct. But yeah, um, I'm really a laid back person. I mean, you know me on a personal level, on many levels. And I try to be as very transparent with my life as, as humanly possible. I am, of course, like you said, I am a sexual assault survivor. I'm a cancer survivor. It's just, I'm living. If you know me, pretty much you probably know everything about me. And I don't, I don't try to keep any hidden stones unturned because I really do think that people learn by living, but you learn continue to grow in life by just sharing who you are with others. And, and that is a very big part of my life and, and who I am. And that's really something that I just want to explore with you because we're doing a series of podcasts here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project that focused on our overcoming in life and how life presents us with these obstacles. And they just keep coming and coming and coming. We don't know when they're going to come or where they're going to come from but we just rise to the occasion each and every time. And I know that you mentioned that you're a survivor of domestic violence and um, sexual assault. We all have that one experience that shapes us as individuals. And what was that one experience in your life that shaped you into who you are? Well, like I told you, I am from Beaufort, Georgia, and I was raised in a very strict Christian home. And of course, and being that that was my type of upbringing, there was a lot that I wasn't exposed to as a child. And it was now looking back as an adult, I understand why my parents were the way that they were. And I appreciate them for the way that they were. But as you go through life, and especially in my situation, you begin to trust people, really put yourself out there to a point to where people know that you're vulnerable for different things. And that's really what happened with me in my first experience, which was the sexual assault part. 
and that was through the Army. And of course, going into the military at 19, never having been away from home before, and then basically not knowing anyone. So just really trusting the people that you know nothing about. And of course, those people don't know you at, at all either. So the shaping of Sheila B actually came from the sexual assault. And again, being very transparent, my first sexual experience was rape. And for that to happen to you, it changes your mindset a great deal, especially when you really don't want to talk about it or tell anyone about it because of embarrassment. So for the women that have been through that, completely understand that sharing that type of experience with the world is embarrassing. And at that time, you know, you don't want people thinking, well, what did she do? Was she dressed in a certain way? Was she putting off the wrong vibes? But, you know, now in hindsight, looking at all of that, it was just wrong. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he took something away from me that was intended to be for a special moment for me to actually give permission for that to happen to me. And, and he took that away from me. So that actually started the, I guess, the moldiness of Sheila B because it wasn't until I actually started talking about it that I gained strength from it to go forward, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. You know, I definitely heard you when you said that that experience, you were really embarrassed about it, you know, because that's a you know, a part of life that we don't readily share with anyone else. And that's a part of your life that you kept really, really close. And how did you take that embarrassing moment that you felt that was, and how did you turn it to your empowerment to be able to share it with others? Well, it kind of compounded with things. After the sexual assault happened, of course, I you know, farther down the line, I met then my husband, but now my ex-husband, but I met him and it was my entry into another part of my life that would eventually unfold to no longer the face foundation. But when I met my ex-husband, he came across, of course, I was 19, he was 24. So he was showing a sister things that I just never been exposed to. You know? Right. And it was a mind blowing experience with him because again, he was, he was taking me and showing me things that of course I was never exposed to, especially coming from the background that I was from. And of course I ended up getting pregnant with of course my daughter and it just went kind of almost kind of like it went from straight level surface to drop off at the end of the, the world. It seemed to me because I then found out that, you know, he was married, going through a divorce and they had been separated for a while, but he, he didn't tell me that portion of it, that he had two children. And here I am with his third child. Things started coming out thing upon thing upon thing. And what's so strange, Nicole, is that all the red flags were there and I chose to ignore it, but it goes back to, again, the mindset of a woman that has been abused and to have the, the trauma of sexual assault, it does something with your psyche. Mm -hmm. So 
I was just looking for someone to cling to or someone that appeared to have listened to me. And he played into that. So he became my knight in shining armor, if so to speak, for lack of better words. Because at that point in time, that's what he was like to me. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I, I clung to him. And, you know, even though I could see some of the things that he was doing, I, even after I had my daughter, you know, he went to Saudi. I stayed, you know, specifically to him. You know, I wasn't dating. I wasn't doing anything for those almost two years that he was gone and he was in Saudi, I was being faithful. He, however, on the other hand, was not. So after he came back, we got married. I moved to Fort Sale, Oklahoma, and it just went totally down here from there. The abuse started. He was openly, you know, running around with women. I would find numbers. It just went on and on and on. And even so, I knew all of that still. I stayed. But then my perspective of things had changed a bit from then. I just didn't want my parents to be right. Because uh, they had already met him. <laughs> right. So it's like, I'm not going to give y'all the satisfaction of telling me or rubbing it in my face that y'all, you know, Sheila, you were really wrong about this man. And they were so very right, but I didn't want to listen to them. Uh, but as time went on, I started to grow. Little by little, I started to grow. And it wasn't until the very part, which is in my book as well, but I share it with you. But there was an incident where he wanted to go out. I took the keys and I'm, you know, making this short, but I took the keys, took my son, locked ourselves in the, in the bathroom and he kept kicking the door, cussing me out. And I finally kicked the door in, came in and him standing over the top of me, he punched me fist in my face. And what changed is my son saw that. And before then, you know, of course they were here as arguing, but they never really, I became an Emmy-winning actress because I was someone else behind the doors when I was with him. I was very vulnerable. I was this weak, you know, female. But once I came from behind those doors, I became a mother, a friend, you know, a confident. I talked to my friends. Nobody knew at right. all. So that was my changing point when my son saw him punch. You know, you said something that was very sobering. You said about the mindset of someone who is being abused. And we are all a product of our environment. And our environment, a lot of times, will dictate our mindset. And when we have a mindset shift, we have a behavior shift. And something you said that was very powerful is that you wore two faces, you wore two masks. Behind doors, you know, you were that individual who was being, you know, hurt, who was being abused. But then you had to flip and, as you said, became an Emmy awarding actress for your children and for your friends. And so when you started to have that mindset shift, what started happening for you? How did you escape not only the environment, but start to shift your mindset? It really went back to what I was saying before, going back to mindset. Like I really did have to shift the way that I was thinking. And Nicole, it wasn't really necessarily for me at that point. It was what I saw my children seeing. And I knew they knew I was sad. I knew they could tell that, 
but they never questioned me, you know, or they didn't say, hey, mama, why are you so sad? But it showed in my actions. You know, I was really depressed. In my mind, I'm thinking, if I don't get out of this relationship because I hated him, and I know that that's wrong, but at that time, that's really how I felt. I hated him for the man that he was, not only to me, but to our children, you know? And so getting out was a slow process of saying to myself over and over again, you deserve more, you deserve more. Like the children deserve more. This is not happy. This is not being in a place of happiness. And it's not fair for your children who you invited to your party. You were having a party, you invited them. They, I mean, they have no other resource of being taken care of, but other than you. So it's your responsibility. And that's how I had to speak to myself. And that's how I got the courage to actually walk out on the marriage. And it was what we refer to now in that area of, of life, which the domestic violence rounds, is that I created an escape strategy. I didn't know that's what it was called then, but I did. I mean, I started saving, putting a little bit back here, you know, and then I finally got enough to get an apartment. And then one day at work, I told my manager that I need to go home. And it just clicked in my head that I need to leave. I packed my stuff, what I could get in my car. I took my children and I never went back. Wow. That took an amazing amount of fortitude and an amazing amount of strength. And I read about that very thing in your book, Willow Silent Cries. And so you chronicled your life's journey. And I remember your book signing and me getting the book and I bought it home and I read it like in three, four hours. <laughs> it's like, I, it's, it's like, I didn't put it down. And I was like, I was like, I was like, you know, you know, like when you go to the movies and you see a movie and it's like, oh gosh, I can't wait till the next one comes. I can't wait till the next one comes. It was that riveting. And so what compelled you to share your story with others in uh, Willow Silent Cries? I've been journaling. I love to write. So I'd been journaling my life, basically, you know, just a little bit here, a little bit there. And I happened to let a girlfriend, I was writing one day and she was like, what are you writing? I was like, oh, I'm just journaling. So she's like, let me read. I was like, you don't share your journal, but you know, she's a really <laughs> close girlfriend. So I just let her read just like a little bit of it. She says, have you ever thought about writing a book? about your life, you never know whose life it may touch. I was like, oh no, I really don't want people in my business like that. You know, it's okay for me to put it to pen to paper because it only leaves my eyes, that's it. But I said to put that out and let people know that side of me, I just don't want to do it because it's really embarrassing to have went through this this stuff this long. I just can't do it. And she said, well, you should think about it. And the more I sat and I thought about it and the more women that I talked to and the more women that shared their their life with me, I was like, you know what? Okay, I got to do this. But before that even transpired, I went back to school and I happened to be one of my projects that I had to do was to find an organization and, you know, either speak to them or go and have like some type of interaction with them. And I happened to meet this lady and she says, oh, well, I'm, you know, I need a speaker for one of my events is coming up. This is like in October. 
of 2013. And I said, oh, I was like, okay, well, let me do it. I don't have a problem getting up in front of people speaking. That won't be a problem or issue for me. So it happened. I took my son with me. I got up to speak and it wasn't a long speech at all, but I did not know, and this was God's way of introducing me to what I'm supposed to be doing. It was a room full of women that had either been through sexual assault, domestic violence, some that were even going through it. I could physically see bruises on these women. And I'm standing up in front of this, you know, room of women. And I'm like, my whole speech went out the door. And so I decided at that time, I would just not speak to them, mm -hmm. speak with a K to them. Wow. And that's what I, I decided to do. So I put down my paper and I just started telling them my story. And every time I tell the story, I get emotional. But to connect with those women eye to eye and see them like connect with me in that way, especially after I told them about being a survivor of both domestic violence and sexual assault, it was that's what that's what you know kind of brought that energy into okay, I got to do something. That's how no longer the face the foundation. Wow, yeah, that is a great pivotal moment for you just to be able to share your story with others because as I'm sure you realized and as I realized even in my journey that we have more in common with others than we do our differences and so I don't know the fortitude and strength that that took for you to share that and so but I can only imagine how sharing that story has impacted others because I know that when I've heard you speak about it, it certainly has impacted my life. And that's how we met is on that journey to you founding and putting all your energy and your emotion and your love behind the No Longer the Face Foundation. So why don't you tell the audience about that organization? Well, No Longer the Face Foundation was founded in June of 2014. And of course, it kind of branched out from me speaking prior in that October, the first time. And it was initially supposed to be, it, at that time, it was no longer the face of abuse. That was the name of the organization. And it was only supposed to be an opportunity to honor, you know, some domestic violence victims. I brought in some people to do hair. We had photographers there to do a an after before shoot. You know, you usually have before and after, but I wanted to do an after before shoot. The uh, makeup artists were challenged with three words that each one of the survivors gave them to explain what they felt like when they went through their form of abuse. And they interpreted that through their makeup and hair. Mm. So we did an after, that's what they looked like, before all of that happened and then they changed into who they are now. So it went so very well. Lisa Ram from Fox 5, she's no longer there, but she was our keynote speaker. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful, intimate event. And so I was like, wow, this caught on so well. You know what? I want to do more events. So that's what we, we've done. My president, Nicole, thank you so very much. Our organization has every year, with the exception of a few years that and due to some, you know, unspeakable circumstances, we put on events where we choose a particular 
either organization or we choose a particular family that have experienced domestic violence and we raise funds and we donate those funds directly to the organization or individual. And our last event we had that was all over the news, we had one victim whose family was impacted heavily about her being killed because she left back four children. Mother was retired and her husband basically got mad that she was leaving him, walked into the house, chased out the back door. She fell, he shot her dead. Mm -hmm. The children view that. So our event was put on to raise money to give to her, to help her in some way, you know, with the ring and raising of her children. And she had one one daughter that was about ready to graduate and go to college. That's a lot to leave behind. It is. Someone else to pick up on. So our organization is all about bringing, of course, awareness to the subject, but we also are active in the community with helping give back in any way that we can. And that's just really extraordinary on how you took your life and your circumstances and you turned it into something just really, you know, beautiful. you took your silent cries of that weeping willow and you turned it into something just so extraordinary and so amazing. Such a, you know, a a great organization that gives back to so many people and uh, certainly proud to be a part of that organization and the work that you champion with that. We all have a, you know, a mantra, an affirmation that we repeat to ourselves. You know, one of mine is, is that I'm worthy of each and every opportunity that comes my way and I will embrace it. And so that's one of the things that I say to myself each and every day. What is one thing that Sheila B. says to herself each and every day? That's funny because I kept thinking, I was like, okay, how do I put, okay, this is what I would say. And this is what I tell myself every day. I am Sheila B., a woman that is more than a name, but my name is me. I'm God's daughter, and because of that, everything he has planned and destined for me is who I can and will be. That's what I say to myself every day. You know, that is so amazing because we're all about the relentless pursuit of our passion here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project. And that starts with I am. That starts with knowing who you are and what your purpose to be and and what you are created to be. And so that is such an amazing mantra that fits right in here with us here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project. <laughs> so I am just like really pumped up about that. I said, I, I, you know, I need my girl to come through because uh, <laughs> she is just so amazing. <laughs> you are too. Well, thank you. We all have that one person um, that has had a lot of influence in our lives. You know, I, I know mine, you know, was... You know, my grandmother, you know, she was my girl. She was the epitome of a lady, but she was tough as nails. That's probably one of two people that I'm scared of in my life. Um, (laughs) My grandmother was everything. So who was that person for you? You know, it's, it's really hard because I have had so many people in my life that were so influential in me being who I am. But... I would say it's my parents. And even though, you know, my children have been a very impactful way on my life too, but it started out with my parents. And to me, they were the foundation of making me be who I am. And of course, my parents, 
God chose them for me. So without their guidance and their upbringing, their unconditional love and a foundation of what it actually means to give back my soul to the world, I wouldn't be who I am right now. So even to this day, they're still a very important contribution to my life. And I'm very, very, very happy with the way that they train me, even though we butt heads on more than a few occasions when I was younger, I now understand the impact of why God actually created them because they were created just for me. Mm, They were created just for you. They were created in time and put in this world just for you. I love that. So we can hashtag just for you that, wow, that I really hit home. And you do have some amazing parents. You know, I just love them. You know, I just, oh, thank you. I just love their spirit. I was like, okay, I'm just going to adopt you and, (laughs) and I'm just going to borrow you just for a few moments, but they are really great. You know, we talk about purpose. We talk about pursuit and we talk about passion here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project. And, and I was hoping that right after I interviewed, you know, our respective publisher, uh, C. Nathaniel Brown, that I would have you on because I just wanted to give you so much love and just a hug for encouraging me and inspiring me to start this podcast. Because I remember like a couple of years ago, you kept saying like, you need to get a podcast, you need to be a podcast because you say things that are just off the hip and girl, you are hilarious. Mm -hmm. And you just, you know, you have the voice to do it. You just need to start a podcast. And I said, I will, I will, I will. So when I finally started one, one of the things that I wanted to say to you was, first of all, thank you so much, beautiful, for encouraging me to do that. But um, second of all, to um, say that this has turned into a passion project of mine that will lead to other things. As I know for you, that Willow Silent Cries was a beautiful passion project for you. And so what I would like for you to tell the audience is, is Sheila B., she's an author, and I know that you have done some work in film, so I want you to talk about that. But then I also want you to talk about your newest venture that you have going. Well, of course, you know, Chuck, we call, I call him Charlie, but Chuck, he started like my whole interest in the whole acting. And honestly, the first time I kept telling Chuck, the next time you do a a short film, put me in it. I I do want to just let me see if I can do it. He's like, well, I don't know. He said, okay, (laughs) you know, it's going to take a lot for this particular role that I'm I'm thinking about giving to you. I was like, Chuck, just give it to me. I can do it. How about it wasn't even a speaking role? I had to die. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I was like, okay, are they really going to be cutting my throat? And he's like, no, they're not going to be recutting your throat. You have tape on the on the knife. And I called Mona, our mutual friend, the night before. I was like, you know what? I'm really freaking out about this scene. She's like, Sheila, you're not going to get cut. They're not going to really cut your throat. I was like, oh, my God. But it turned out to be like this amazing project. And I had so much fun doing it. So when I thought about it, I was like, writing is writing. You know, I love to write. And it's funny, a creative person, which I consider myself to be, you're always thinking, always. Yeah. So I started writing my own little short scripts. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm writing like all of these little short scripts. And I'm my goal is to write at least seven or eight of them. And then I want to go in to start like trying to 
produce them. And that is one of the one of the things that I'm actually working on. But purpose. No longer the face foundation is very much my purpose. And I know that's intently why not necessarily that it happened to me, God let it happen to me, but it was for a purpose. Everything in life happens for a purpose and a reason. And I truly believe that. So with that being said, I'm actually working on becoming certified to be a life coach. And yes. Yes. <laughs> Finally. So that, <laughs> <laughs> Finally. But that, that's, that's one of the things that I've always wanted to do because I enjoy speaking. I enjoy sharing knowledge and not necessarily that, you know, is, is more than just a pocket pusher. For me, I truly do want to be an impact in someone's life that makes them be an impact on someone else's life. And to me, that brings everything else that you want in life if you're going in it with the right purpose. And that is my purpose. So there's a whole bunch of things that, of course, I'm working on. I love crafting. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to see, God, how do I put this in with what I'm doing? Because I love creating things. Mm -hmm. That is magical to me. And you're a fantastic um, event planner as well. Yes, but it takes so much energy. And that's not necessarily, I love if I could just be a consultant, but yeah. not go out and do all of that. that mm -hmm. But it's a lot of work in that. And there's so many event planners. I really want to go into something that it, it makes a difference. Don't get me wrong, because you're creating someone's vision and bringing it to life for them. It gives them a memory to carry on. Mm -hmm. I love that. But it is, it is so much work, love. It really is. But I love it. But I don't know what God has. I'm not going to say I'm not going to ever do that again. It's just I'm trying to follow his lead. And whatever he drops in my lap, I run with it. I do it. It's like, God, give me the talent. I'm not going to take one to my grave. <laughs> <laughs> not one. You're going to leave it all out there. Yes. All out yeah. there. Yes. Amazing. So, Ms. Sheila, we talked about your passion and no longer the face organization. We talked about uh, Willow Silent Cries. We uh, talked about your work as an actress in film and you becoming a life coach. And you just, just so many things. You're just so extraordinary, just such a multifaceted individual. And when we talk about the passion and we talk about the pursuit and we talk about purpose in life, we all feel that we were created for a specific reason, a specific purpose. Uh, why do you think that you are created? That's a really, really deep question. And if you had asked me this maybe, maybe 20 years ago or so, because 20 years ago, I would have been 15. Ha uh ha. -huh. <laughs> what does that really make a difference in purpose <laughs> and why we were created what, what did you think you were too young to ponder that at the time I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh that's what it was yeah, yeah. but thinking like thinking my purpose or, or why God created me and you know most people never ever know what their purpose is and that must be so very very hard to like go through life and just know that you're living day to day. But purpose means that you've actually found out or you feel like you know 
why God made a masterful creation. Right. I really do truly feel like my purpose in life is to help others, genuinely help others. And it may come in different forms of help, but I truly do feel like that is my purpose in life is to be a giver and not a taker. And God takes care of all the everything else that I need. I don't go through my life thinking, oh, I want to be rich, you know, because when you're younger in life, you think that I want to grow up. I want to be rich. I want to marry a, you know, a rich husband. You know, I want to live in a big old house. But, you know, when you really sit back and think about like truly your genuine purpose in life, we could all be at that point if we were to have that very unselfish side of ourselves with the fact or intent of going into it every day thinking that you're going to help at least one person in some shape, form, or fashion. And that may come in with, you know, you sharing good or kind words to a person or you know a person that you can connect someone with. And that is one of the things that most people have an issue or problem with is sharing what you know. And I don't have a problem with that at all or who you know. And I think if we were to do more of that and understand that whatever God has for you, it is directly for you. You giving of what God gave to you to someone else does not take away from weaken, water down what he's giving you. It just means that whatever you're taking away from, he's going to give you more of. I don't go through life thinking that way. Okay, if I give a person and they know a contact or something that I know, wonderful. You know what? We just grew. I love trees. Yes. Primarily why I named my book Willow Solid Cries. But if you think about a tree, a tree starts very small, but it branches out into this big, beautiful, wonderful creation that God, and it covers a lot of things. You know, you have leaves over here, you have leaves over there, You, but the branches keep growing and growing and they keep branching out. In life, that's really how we should be. We start very small, then then you grow and you branch out and you start growing leaves. You make your tree pretty. It's just that's what I feel like my purpose is, is to help others. And the larger and the bigger that my tree can grow and the more branches that I can extend, that's what my purpose is. Mm, you got philosophical on this, Sheila B. Did you I did. <laughs> you took it to the tree branches and the extension, and we're just all in the overflow over here on the beautiful butterfly project. I love it. That is just so amazing because. You are a hundred percent correct that we think that if we, you know, help someone that we are just giving away all the secrets and and we just want to hoard everything for ourselves. But the more we give, the more that we will receive. You know, God's word, the book of life says that to whom much is given, you know, much is required. And that, you know, if he fills us up, then we already operate in the overflow. And so that is so true. On what you said. So what is your key to living a triumphant life, Miss Bailey? I think you've said this before, and I've seen you post this before, and I've seen it posted a a lot of different places, but just being authentic, being truly who you are and being very transparent. Right. As a matter matter of fact, last night, I actually posted something on my page, and it is about being transparent. You know, social media 
tends to make people live fiction. I mean, in a fictional, fictional life. Yeah. And, you know, you can look and I, you know, being transparent, you know, I've looked and I was like, dang, she just got a brand new car. She didn't, she just have one the other day. Mm. But you have to realize that Facebook, any of the social media outlets are intended to some degree cause confusion to some degree. And wow. make you think and make you think that you have less of because you don't have what someone else has. But it's mm. it's not necessarily that way. I primarily use social media to uplift and encourage. Right. Or to put a word out there that maybe one person hears and hears it, takes it, and then they keep living from it. You know, because you got people that are suicidal, people that are depressed. And they may just come across that one thing that you say on your page that takes that gun out of their hands, makes them flush down those pills down the toilet. That, to me, is what I use social media for. But to me, living a life where you can live triumphantly means that in front of you, in front of my next door neighbor, in front of somebody that I just first meet, they're still going to see the same Sheila B. Mm -hmm. I'm no different. So I think being your true self and living in your truth is the very best thing that you can be because there's only one of you. Yes. When you try to be so many other people, you're truly not being who you are. Just be who you are. Either people are going to love it, not love it, you know, like it, not like it, but you're still being true to who you are. I don't want to be like anybody else. I'm cool to be Sheila, even though it's different in some ways. I'm good with being who I am. Girl, it is really different because you hug trees. Um. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and I would take my shoes off. And yes, you will. Yeah, I would stop at a light. If I see a really nice tree and it speaks to me, I pull my car over, I park it, and I get out and I hug on it. That is my connection to God in some way because this is creation, but if you read the book, you understand why trees mean so much to me. Mm. Guys, yeah. get the book. Uh, get the book. Sheila, tell them where they can get that book. Get the book. Yes. <laughs> get it on Amazon. Yeah. You can purchase it on Amazon. It's Willow's Silent Cries by Sheila B. It's a great book. And so, Miss Sheila, these are questions that we ask of every guest here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project. You know, kind of our lightning round, if you will. You know, I don't know if you've watched Inside the Actors Studio. Um, that's yeah. such a great show of mine. But they always ask a few questions of the guest at the end. And so here are my questions to do. Are you ready? I am. If your personality were a color, what color would it be? Yellow. How did I know that? Sunshine <laughs> on my shoulder makes me happy. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and tell the audience why yellow. Because it's bright and vibrant and, like you said, the sun. When I think of yellow, I think of sunshine. And sunshine brings light. I'm all about light and warmness. You know, it, sun brings warmth to us. And that's what I always want to be remembered as. When I walk into a room, I don't want to walk out and everybody freezing. I want to walk out of the room and everybody feeling all nice and warm and fuzzy on the inside. Wow. I like that. What is your favorite word? Peace. It honestly just really became that because I am at a point in my life that's that 
that place of peace makes everything else flow in my mm-hmm. life. If, if that one thing is right, that brings everything else in my life to a calm. I love that. If you had one day left on earth, what would you spend it doing? So that day would be with family and with friends. Those in my life that I know have touched my life in some shape, form, or fashion. I want to be with the people that I want to carry those memories. Once, If my eyes are going to close that next day, the memories, that last memory that I have with them, with us laughing together, having fun together, sharing love and good stories, just being able to touch and feel hug, that's what I would do the, my last day on this earth. And if you had any words that you would like to share here with the Butterfly Nation, what would those words be? You know, you only have one life. I don't care how you look at it. People say they're reincarnated. And I'm talking about real life. God gives us one life to live. And I say, whatever makes you happy, whatever brings you to that place in your life where you're not worried about what's due or what's owed or, you know, what's going to happen the next day, wherever that place is that that brings you, stay there and live it every day. Get up every morning. Love yourself first. And I think people misunderstand that. Loving yourself is not selfish. It's actually first. Because if you don't love yourself, you most definitely cannot share love or give love to anybody else. It's like pouring from an empty heart. You know how people say pouring from an empty glass or empty bottle. But if you're if you're trying to give love and you don't love yourself, then it's like pouring from an, from an empty heart. Yeah, so get up in the morning, love yourself, live your life. People are going to talk whether you're living or you're dead. So live your life. And will you please tell the Butterfly audience, where can we find you? Where can we find more information about Sheila B? Well, I'm on all the social media outlets, except for the Snapchat. I have not got into Snapchat. I don't know. It's takes too much energy. It's a hot mess. Yes, it is. But I am on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I don't use Twitter too much, but I am on uh, Facebook. And I'm under Sheila Bailey or No Longer the Face Foundation. You can find me on either one. Well, Miss Sheila B., author, actress, coach, I've just been so humbled by your presence here today on the Beautiful Butterfly Project. And we just thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Miss Butterfly. And I want to commend you as well for following your passion because I I feel like you're right where you need to be at. Love the voice, by the way. Ah. <laughs> it's so radio-ish. Well, thank you. So radio-ish. I love it. I love it. And in the words of Sheila B., the author, I would like to leave you all with this. Get up in the morning, love yourself, and just live your life. And we'll see you next time here on another episode of The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you found it to be insightful, but most of all, inspiring. 
If you are interested in being a guest or learning more, please visit our Facebook page at the Beautiful Butterfly Project Podcast or email the Beautiful Butterfly Projects at InnovativeButterfly.com. See you again soon as we take this amazing journey together on the Beautiful Butterfly Projects.